And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody, and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 391. We're the only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin, probably the only Thor podcast out there anymore. And we're, uh, yeah, coming at you, as always, from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. Uh, and it is beautiful here, but it is inconvenient here at the moment because we have lots and lots of snow. This is being recorded in the the middle of February of 2021, and we've had a foot and a half of snow on the ground for a little over a week now. And it is blizzarding outside as I speak, so I can see another eight to nine inches of snow on the ground uh, by the end of today. So we'll see how that works out. (laughs) But anyway, it's keeping me busy, keeping me indoors. I've got a lot of stuff I'm working on uh, in addition to my normal stuff, which includes the show. Um, Yeah. So there was a bit of Thor news uh, a couple weeks ago. It's it's kind of old news at this point because... uh, but they have actually announced that uh, the Loki series is going to be premiering in uh, kind of the middle of May of 2021, which maybe by coincidence, maybe by design, it'd be creepy, would coincide with the 10th anniversary of this show, uh, being as we started May 11th of 2011. We actually started a little bit earlier than that, folks, because I recorded the first three episodes kind of in quick succession, and uh, they were recorded at the end of April. But anyway, um, we count the premiere, which I believe was May 11th, as the uh, the 10th anniversary of the show. Ten years is a long time for a podcast. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, all right. So we do have a uh, continuation of our coverage of Ragnarok, The Breaking of Helheim, and we're going to be covering issue three right after the music cue. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. You behold in breathless wonder the god of thunder, mighty Thor. Ragnarok, the breaking of Helheim, issue number three, has a publication date of November of 2019, published by IDW, retailed for $3.99, best as I can figure. Story was by Walt Simonson. Art was also by Walt Simonson. Colors are by Laura Martin. Lettering is by John Workman. And the editor is Scott Dunbeer. This cover art shows the the skullish face of Thor kind of looming up behind a bunch of swords, and all the swords have faces. Um, so interesting. Yeah, one of them has a little skull. One of them has like a, like a monster face. One of them looks kind of like a vampire face. And the one that's most in the foreground is, uh, is kind of glowy red eyes. And it looks like it's throwing 
something out of its mouth, like hair or something. Well, I guess we'll find out what it is inside the issue. But it is a, a very dramatic cover here of uh, Thor and a bunch of swords. And we open up to the summary, our story so far. Thor has crossed the realm of Helheim to descend into the realm of the dead. He is captured by a horde of Draugar ruled by a king who calls himself Friar, the same name as one of the dead gods of Asgard. Thor hides his identity. He is chained and taken into the mines beneath Friar's fortress, there to dig for soul iron to be forged into magical weapons in support of Friar's spreading tyranny. When his identity is revealed... Both to the other slaves of the mine and to Friar himself, the king orders the mines cleansed and molten fires pour into the tunnels, destroying everything in their path. And we pick up as the molten metal is flowing down and Thor is standing in the middle of a crowd. He's got Mjolnir up above his head. It's kind of crackling with energy. And we have the title of the story, In the Soul Mines of Helheim. The smell of hot metal explodes into the stale air of the mines beneath Darkling Hall, followed by an explosion of molten flames blasting out of the specially prepared metal chutes within the stone walls of the drifts and the shafts. The cleansing of the mines has begun, and Thor is trying to protect all the people from getting uh, devoured by this fire, and he's shouting out, Behind me, all of you, now! And there's a big crack tomb, and there is lots and lots of rain. We've got uh, buckets and buckets of rain. He summoned a storm inside the uh, the cave, and uh, and just like that, the fire's out. And somebody in the uh, the crowd yells out, "The fire's out!" <laughs> uh, because he has to speak the obvious. I don't believe it. All my beautiful flames gone in an instant. And the mine still filled with scum when I was all ready to sweep out the ashes. And it is, is of course, Friar. And he's got his army in front of him. And they've all got weapons and pointy sticks and armor and shields and stuff. And, of course, he's going up against the miners. So they're kind of lightly armed with hammers and things like that. And But, of course, they have Thor with them as well. And one of the uh, guards is like, Friar, and a slave army armed with soul swords. We're doomed. And uh, Friar says, Maybe you really are Thor, but gods can die. Just ask those who perished on the battle plain of Vigrid, slaughtered by their enemies. Kill them! Kill them all! And he sends his uh, army after Thor, but Thor reacts, and he takes Mjolnir, and he bangs it on the ground, and he says... Before that happens, and there's a throboom, let the lightning bless every one of you, a gift from the god of thunder, and lightning is striking down onto all these people wearing <laughs> metal armor, and that is causing uh, some problems here, but uh, not the problem that you might think. In fact, the lightning apparently has broken their uh, brainwashing so uh, they're kind of looking around, and they're going, I, I'm alive, alive again, we're free. And the friar's like, oh, no. And they're like, friar, we should kill friar. And they all turn on him, and they're pointing their pointy things at him. And friar's like, back, toads, you less than worms. I still rule, and my power in the mines is at its peak. And uh, Thor's thinking to himself, 
I sent something seriously amiss. I must use the eye of Odin to look deeply into Friar's true nature. And he does this sort of weird vision thing, and he sees this um, like monstrous ghostly form kind of hanging in the air over Friar, and he says out loud, Father's blood. Friar is no black elf or bent mortal. He's a Dolgar, an undead demon whose strength is augmented by the dark. And he reveals Friar for being one of these uh, Dolgar, and uh, he drops his uh, human form, and now he just looks like this sort of undead monster thing. That knowledge will avail you not, Thunderer. You may have freed my army, but I have power beyond your imaginings. I shall summon your death right now, for here is one who can kill even you. And he is doing uh, some sort of a, a spell type of thing. And we shift scenes, and we are back in the uh, place uh, where in the Ganunga Gap, where we have the enemies. They're they're all kind of gathered here. Remember, we have uh, fr um, Surtur. And we have Hrim, and yeah, so all these guys. And it says here, Meanwhile, far from the mines of Darkling Hall, in the depths of Ganunga Gap, the primordial abyss of nothingness, a conclave of the enemies is underway. And Surt says, A fiery sprite from one of my spies. And the sprite is, Mighty Surtur, I have come from Helheim to tell you that chaos is erupted beneath Darkling Hall, deep in the mines. Thor is there. But the nexus of power being generated around the mines is terrifying. It is beyond my ability to penetrate. And Hrim says, It sounds as though Friar is putting up a good fight. I wonder if we could help him somehow. And the uh, Draugar king says, And what would you do, Hrim? Freeze the place solid? Even if you could get there in time, you'd kill Friar as well. Smala, says Rim, he always carried a pride above his station. We need someone powerful but small to enter the mines and clean them out. What about Loki? Where is the father of trouble? And uh, one of the trolley type guys says, No one knows. He and Heimdall were fighting, and only Heimdall's body was found afterwards. Loki's never was. Nor has he been seen since the battle. It's as though he was utterly destroyed. And uh, Midgard Serpent Jormungand is like, What about Fenrir? Powerful, can change size. And Surt says, I think not, assuming he's still alive. Considering how he was handled after the battle, I doubt he'd be favorably disposed to aid any of us. Especially you, Jormungand. Besides, over the centuries, the wolf may have only become more powerful, more dangerous, and he was already as strong as any of us at Vigrid. And Surt says, No, I think Fenrir is best left alone. Such dangerous allies, and not a useful thought among you. But the dwarves' idea of assistance was a good one. Thor is trying to enter Helheim, isn't he? The answer is obvious. We must enlist the aid of Hel herself. And the, the Draugar king is like, What? Are you crazy? She refused to join us in the battle at Vigrid, and we dealt with her severely. Why would she agree to help us now? Suppose we offer her her freedom. On what basis? On the basis that she killed Thor. I like that part, but is freeing hell wise? She's a death goddess after all, 
and even trapped as she is, she has exerted great force throughout the Dusklands with her Draugar. I think there's a way to solve both the Thor and Hell problems simultaneously. It would involve the Black Dwarves. And uh, the dwarves are there, and they're like, uh, Oh, sure. Why is it we always have to do the hard work? But this is exactly your fort, and the glory in killing Thor would belong to the Black Dwarves for all time. And the uh, Dragor King speaks up here. I begin to understand your idea, Troll King. I like it. Whoever thought to see such wisdom in a troll? I shall dispatch a messenger to hell immediately to open negotiations with the Death Queen. What? What's the idea? says Jormungand. You needn't worry. If the Troll King's ideas succeed, you'll never have to face the Thunderer in single combat. Not afraid of Thor, says Jormungand. I never meant to imply you were, Jormungand. Be at peace. My messenger will reach hell in the blink of an eye. We should know shortly if she is willing to assist us. And says each member of the conclave awaits amidst the chaos of Ganungagap, harboring their own secret thoughts as the turmoil swirls above them. And we have a, um, a shift in scene here. We are back in the... Uh, Back in the caverns, and Thor sees a vision, and the vision of an old woman. Uh, she she kind of pops up and is like, "Thor, I heard Fry's call and decided to answer it." Grandmother Ailey says, "Thor, I have been waiting a long, long time to see you again, my treasure." And one of the guards is uh, going to attack her with a sword, and he's going, "Death to the allies of Fry!" And uh, <laughs> I thought, or somebody goes, no, don't touch her. And she reaches out and she grabs the uh, the guard's wrist and, uh, yeah, basically the, turning this guy into dust. And he's like, her grip, like iron, arg! And he dissolves. Thor says, stay back, all of you. This is no ordinary crone. It is old age herself. Grandmother to us all, come to bring death to the unwary. And Thor kind of lunges at her, and uh, she grabs him by the by the wrist. Of course, he's wearing gauntlets, so, you know, what's going on there? I don't know. And uh, she's like, You are still strong, young Thor, though not so comely as you once were. All those centuries ago in Jotunheim, we merely wrestled, and I let you live. This time I'll not spare you. And they're they're kind of wrestling back and forth here. And she's like, ha, your life is mine. Now, my love, one touch and a kiss, a last kiss. And she goes uh, to look, it looks like she's going to lick him. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he, uh, he reaches into his pouch and he... Um, He's kind of reaching into his pouch and grabbing uh, one of these apple slices. And uh, he's like, very well, but let's grace our last goodbye with a taste of apple to make the bitter sweet. And she, he forces the apple into her mouth. Of course, the apple has to do with, uh, with eternal youth. So that would not be good with a, an old age goddess. And she starts choking on it. Uh, it's like, gah, 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 gah. And she, uh, she, she's kind of uh, 
um, hacking on this, and, and he tears off a uh, strip of her dress and wraps her up with it and gags her with it uh, so that she can't uh, spit the apple out. Um, and he's like, uh, forgive me for binding you, grandmother, but I am in no haste to die, not with so much undone. And uh, we shift scenes, and we're back uh, over by uh, where Hagen is, and Hagen is facing off here against uh, Friar and, and his, uh, his women, his elf women. And uh, Hagen is like, Friar, you demon, where's my wife? Astrid here can tell you, can't you, my love? What? It's so simple, says Astrid. Look at me, my sweet. Don't you recognize me? And Hagen is like, Dissa? Oh, I'm much more desirable. Poor Dissa. She's been dead for three years. We loved her while she lasted, but she was a delicate thing, and I'd hate for us to stop enjoying each other. But this will make it all better. And she takes a knife out, and she uh, slashes him across the face with it. And he's like, Gah! And uh, she gets like a choke hold on him from behind and she uh, says to him, in a few moments you'll be my obedient slave. And he's going, uh, uh, uh. And he, she's like, forever. It will be just as if she were still alive. And he's struggling, but uh, not getting anywhere. And it, it, it appears that he's dying. And he says, uh, playing wonderful games together till death do you part. And um, Thor looks over at, at Fry and says, uh, if you can't undo that soul spell, Fry, you're dead. And Astrid says, uh, do something, fool. Hurry. She's talking to a Fry, of course. Temper, my dear, says Fry. And he takes out this sort of glowing gun sort of thing. Uh, it's like a, a Kirby Tech sort of ray gun. You see Hagen is still kind of dying on the floor. And uh, Fryer says, I'll feed Thor's well-done remains to my Draugr. Perhaps it will make them stronger. And um, all of a sudden, Hagen says, Friar. And Friar's like, what? And he uh, takes, uh, Hagen takes his hammer and he throws it at uh, Friar and destroys his sort of glowy gun thing. There's a giant splang. And uh, Friar's like, Impossible! And somebody shouts, Hagen! I don't know who it is. And there's a giant flush as the exploded gun kind of sets um, them all on fire, it looks like. Or actually, it kind of sets uh, Hagen and Friar on fire. Friar on fire. And Hagen goes kind of barreling into Hagen and is kind of trying to crush him out the window, to kind of push him out the window. And you see him like crashing through the bars with a uh, screech, and Hagen is shouting, Die, monster! And they two go falling down, falling all the way down. And it says, Friar's screams are lost in the soaring sounds of the great cataract. And Thor goes looking out the window, and he's looking down, and there's other people there with him too. And Thor's like, gone. And by the look of it, the falls reach all the way down into Ganunga Gap itself. So be it. Fire has taken the rest. My work here is done. And a voice comes from behind Thor, and uh, she says, um, Not quite. Have you forgotten me already? 
And he turns around and says, Grandmother! And sees that she is no longer an old crone. Uh, she is now a beautiful young blonde lady. Uh, she's completely dressed in different clothes, too, which apparently the apples affected her, her clothing as well. And um, she goes, That was clever, Thor. Thank you. A grandmother no longer. I think you've earned another draw. But you will be mine eventually, Odin's son. You will be mine. And she disappears with a fifth. And the humans are all looking around and, and going, uh, She's gone. The hall still stinks of brimstone. My lord, why did you not put the flames out? Save Hagen. He would not have thanked me, says Thor. He revenged himself upon Friar and died a hero's death. No warrior can ask for more. And if there is some sort of existence beyond this bleak world, he'll surely be welcomed among the valiant. And one of the other guards comes in and uh, he's got uh, somebody with him. He kind of is kind of hauling them behind him with ropes. And uh, the guard says, My lord, we found the treacherous Grimir hiding in a corridor. Should we not kill him as well? And Grimir is the, the dwarf and he's like, Mercy, my lord Thor, mercy. I swear, Friar forced me to aid him. You are a liar, Grimir, says Thor. But there has been a fair day's worth of killing already. And he takes the ropes that are tying Grimir and he breaks them apart and he tosses them aside. And he says, uh, sending uh, Grimir away, Get out! Let me not see thee again under pain of death. And he goes running off. Now then, gentlemen, says Thor, take me to the armory. I would see this cache of soul blades for myself. And so they take him to this big room that's piled up, just kind of hodgepodge, haphazardly, with a whole bunch of these sort of pinkish, coppery sword things. And Thor says, With Friar's passing, it is possible that the magical properties of these blades will fail. But let us be certain. And there's a giant full-page explosion. It's a... Uh, Kakrakathawoom as a giant uh, Kirby Crackle explosion and yeah so apparently they're all being destroyed or melted or whatever everybody is kind of looking on as this happens and then we shift scenes again and we're sometime later and it looks as though Thor is getting ready to uh, to leave and uh, Thor is talking to the, uh, the humans who are still here and he's like with that I must depart I still seek to find hell in her domain. I leave you, Freeman, in charge of Darkling Hall. And one of them goes, uh, Lord Thor, my name is Wolf. A word of caution. The cataract is wide and guarded. The dead come out, but none go in. And the bridge itself is deadly. Ha! I will be careful, says Thor. If you can get past the cataracts and bridge, you'll find the remains of Helvegger. The road to hell. The Helloway will lead you to the deepest pits of Helheim. Beware the worm. Farewell, my lord. And Thor singing to himself, The worm? Ah, well, we shall see, says Thor out loud. And he goes to Lady, and uh, <laughs> she's just standing there, and a bunch of uh, like discarded armor and, and weapons are just kind of laying in, around her. Remember, he said to feed herself while he was gone. And uh, there, yeah, all the Draugr are gone. And Thor's like, 
Did you miss me, lady? From all the shredded armor lying around, I'd say you didn't miss any meals. And what's this? A shard of the black dwarf's armor. He only made it this far, then. And a voice comes, and it's, of course, Ratatosk, and he says, He tried to steal lady. More fool he. But what do I hear? Another avalanche. Quickly, lady, into the air. Hurry! And this is one of those random avalanches we were warned about a couple of issues ago. And they go take it off, and they avoid the uh, this roaring avalanche as it comes down. This one bids to take the slope we stand on with it. And they get away, and Thor's like, just in time. I can see the outline of the bridge across the cataract ahead through the mist. We'll land on it and look around. Helheim was always a dangerous place. I must only be more so now. I should have asked Wolf about his reference to a worm. I was too eager. I'm becoming hasty in my old age. And Radatosk says, This trip really necessary, Thor? Only place I not travel over centuries is Helheim. Always death on its borders. That's precisely why I must enter it, says Thor. I need to know about Balder and about Hel herself. Down, lady, says Thor. And they're kind of jumping down onto this sort of bridgy-looking thing. And all of a sudden, um, uh, Radatosk shouts out, No, lady, up! As fast as you can, up! And Thor's like, Radatosk, what? And can't you smell it? Worm! Worm! And it turns out that the uh, bridge is not actually a bridge. It's a big golden snake wearing armor. And yeah, it's a big old thing. And uh, Radatosk is like, uh, The mass serpent! The worm that fed on the roots of the world tree. The bridge is Needhog himself. And yeah, so we get a big golden worm and he's getting ready to just chow down on Thor and Lady and, and Ratatosk and, and there's a big frrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
it, it really doesn't reflect anything that happened in the issue. You could argue that maybe these are the swords that were in the cave, uh, you know, that, that uh, Thor kind of exploded in a big lightning ball. But that was dispatched so quickly and without any fuss that it's kind of, well, why why portray this on the cover? I think it was just a cool image that, that Simonson thought of and decided, hey, this would make a cool cover. And of course he's right. Uh, as usual, at the end of the issue, we have the breakdown of the, uh, you know, we have the pencil breakdown and then we have the what the image looks like after inking. And then we have the final version reprinted again without the, uh, you know, captions or title or anything like that. And I always like seeing that process. It's one of the things that they do in this issue that, that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, uh, I think uh, w- once again, it, it's pretty well told. I particularly like the last panel splash, which is that full page of basically when Thor is going to slide down the back of, of Needhog. And it turns out that uh, you know it, the bridge is Needhog and you get this big... A picture of, of Needhog and has got the armor like bolted onto his face and he's got his mouth open like he's going to swallow Thor and company. And yeah, I mean, that, that's a, a really, really cool, dramatic last page splash. Great little uh, cliffhanger there for next issue. So really, really am enjoying it. And with that, I'm done for this week. Hey, folks, thanks very much for listening. I really hope you appreciate it. I definitely appreciate you. And if you want to email the show, you can do so. The uh, email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. You can also find us over on Facebook. Just go over there, search for Radio Free Asgard in the little searchy thingy, and you'll find us. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge back to... Apparently, Jotunheim out there because we've had about a foot of snow on the ground since I started recording this episode. (laughs) Maybe I'll go make a snowman. No, it's too cold for that. Anyway, uh, talk to you all next time on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard.